Hoya Middah, Nadia Kotsia. It's so good to be able to chat with you. I tried really hard with that. That was actually really good. I think a lot of people are only used to speaking English or first language English. It's、yeah. quite difficult getting that. Like a lot of people actually here say that. Sleep. Now I know that sleeplessness is a huge issue. I struggled with it for years and years and years, and、um, it culminated one night where I'd taken eight sleeping tablets, a whole bunch of melatonin tablets, and I still was not sleeping. And so it was a、um, it was a crossroad for me because I didn't know how I was going to get this thing under control. I don't recommend this to anyone, but I flushed all of it. One night,、yeah. and decided, you know what? I'm going to try to make some practical changes、mm. in my lifestyle、mm. to try to improve my sleep. Now, approach, it、yeah. seems like in the last ten years, I think sleep has become an increasingly bigger issue、uh, with people in our community and、um, here in Australia or any、mm. um, country where it seems like there's a fast-paced life,、mm. and we don't ever seem to switch off. And、um, the reason why I wanted to speak to you is I know you've got a lot to contribute in this area, and、uh, had your own journey with sleeplessness、mm-hmm. as well and insomnia and overcoming that.、Mm-hmm. Um, so broadly, what's your journey with this?、Um, my journey takes back since we've、um, also discussed the importance of gut health and like treating your gut properly to make sure that you actually. Are contributing to your health as well. That also plays such a big role in your sleep pattern.、Mm. So, like everyone says, diet is also linked to the way you sleep. And for me, when I changed my diet and just made a big difference in my overall health with hormones, the way I didn't have any nutrient deficiencies now, and just taking back then, it just Automatically made my sleep patterns better as well. Really, because、mm. like we were saying previously as well, the good gut bacteria or your digestive tract do secrete a lot of the serotonin, and also helps with anxiety and the feel good hormone. And like you were actually saying that the good gut bacteria also secretes butyrate. Yes, and that also has been shown um, medically um, as well to decrease anxiety and stress. Sorry. So, what was that again? It's butyrate. 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 Okay.、Yeah. And so, how can we find butyrate? Because obviously, it's linked to to helping you reduce stress and anxiety. Yeah. It's mainly found、uh, in the capsule form. Okay.、Um, at the pharmacy, you can find it. It's almost a natural supplement to actually increase or decrease stress in your life.、Mm. So. Mainly, I would take it as a supplement. It's not really something you can substitute as a food. You know, it contains a lot of butyrate or large amount to actually contribute to decreasing anxiety in your life. Yeah, sure. So、um, you will find it in your local pharmacies.、Um, it's something you can take as an alternative to help with anxiety or stress.、Mm. If you don't want to, like you were saying, you were going through a phase where you had a lot of pres- prescribed medication to help you. You know, try to fall asleep,、yeah. which is crazy. 
crazy to think about it. Yeah. But it also didn't contribute or made any difference in your sleep pattern. No, it didn't. And I think the issue with pharmaceuticals is mm. our body tends to get used to it. Mm. So when one tablet works, then mm. eventually one tablet doesn't and two then works and two doesn't and then three mm. does and so forth. And you keep on going down this rabbit hole. Um, chasing mm. sleep, which yeah. is something that your body so desperately yeah. needs to be able to regulate itself yeah. and to be able to deal with just life in yeah, itself. Um, so how is diet going to impact our sleep on the long run? Diet will increase your deep sleep. If you have a proper diet that contributes in the sense of having healthy fibers, enough nutrients so that your gut health can also improve to improve your sleep patterns but it's also a small part of the whole cycle to actually get to a point of having good restful sleep or like we're saying having a win in sleep yes um it's actually to do a lot with the body but the mind as well so i think with technology um, improving always everything is on electronical devices that do emit blue light mm. that actually contributes to awakening the brain. Yeah. And like we were saying, the brain, your second brain is actually in your gut as well. Sure. So how it actually communicates to one another and does also impact your sleep. So for me, something that I would have um, kind of implemented in my life as well that does make a big difference is having a good, healthy sleep routine. Like you're having a good, healthy yeah. you know, diet or good, healthy habits of the way you eat, when you eat, and the amount of, of food you do consume. It's the same with your sleep pattern. Mm. So if your sleep pattern, it's kind of when you think about your newborn baby, not that I talk out of own experience, yeah. but just from a perspective of a sibling also having children. Yeah. It's just the first thing a lot of people can uh, relate to this is you want to get that baby or newborn baby into sleep patterns. So sure, you can yeah, you do. That's right. More sleep and restful sleep as well. And as soon as you get them into that proper routine of falling into sleep, it just makes everything so much easier, you know, in the sense of having better sleep, managing a newborn child with mm. your life itself. So it's the same with being an adult. A lot of people laugh. They think, oh, but, you know, you have this baby where you have the control over them when they sleep, when they eat, when they need to get up and things like that. But as an adult, we don't have the discipline like we have even with good eating habits, mm. with good sleeping habits. Sure. So it's kind of finding that routine that works to get your mind to get to the point of being at a restful state but also your body. So the body works with the gut, like we mentioned. It plays such a big role in your anxiety, controlling anxiety, you know, depression, things like that, and also your overall health that contributes to having better sleep. Yeah. But the mind as well, like we're saying, the brain and the gut also communicates with one another. Having good sleeping routine also comes from having disciplined, like, routines in the way you think and the yeah. way you do things. Well, I think that's absolutely true because a lot of times our body is physically tired. Mm. We're laying there and I relate to this yeah. and I think a lot of people relate to yeah. this where your mind is just yeah. ticking over so yeah. many different thoughts. Yeah. And um, I've kind of heard this old phrase before where nothing good happens after midnight. <laughs> and uh, I think that is mostly true when it comes to your mind yeah. because a lot of the thoughts that are going through our mind late, late, late at mm. night 
um, they tend to not really be positive thoughts. They're worries and ruminations mm-hmm. about things that may or may not happen, mm-hmm. conversations that may or may not ever happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, we tend to just go over and over and over mm-hmm. on, a, on this loop. Um, so when it comes to sleep, how um, how should we approach our eating? Let's just talk about um, before we're in, mm-hmm. it's, it's dinner time. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a typical dinner that mm-hmm. would be conducive mm. towards having a good night's sleep. Like I also mentioned in the, the previous episode of based on gut health, it actually refers to having a plant-based meal because a plant-based meal that decreases the acid buildup during the evening while you sleep. So if you do struggle with acid reflux or mm. heartburn or things like that, I would recommend rather having a dinner three hours before you go to sleep so it can be properly digested as well, firstly. And secondly, as well, that it doesn't allow a lot of acid to build up, which can cause a lot of discomfort yeah. or keep you from having proper deep sleep or going into that phase of deep sleep as well, where you feel when you wake up, you're almost more tired than yeah, when, sure. when you went to bed as well. Yeah. So that does play a big role in the way you wake up as well. I mean, so that typical dinner of a big steak and red wine, (laughs) it's not really that great for you, is it? It's it's fine when you have it on occasions. Like we mentioned, um, it's keeping the balance. You don't want to put yourself in a space where you always feel like I'm in this routine in my work or in my life and then I have to apply that in the way I eat as well. But just having a balance, you know, you can't have a glass of red wine, a big shake every night for dinner yeah um from a gut perspective but also sleeping pattern and your overall health um it's just not recommended but having that you know on occasions Mm. it actually it's not that detrimental because you have a good bad gut bacteria health as well to kind of you know balance that out yeah sure now i know you've got a lot to contribute on Mm. hormones Mm. and um i think it's a area in our body where we can't physically see this i think Mm. if we have a skin issue obviously we can see that Mm. as external but Mm. when you've got hormones which are perhaps out of control Mm. um getting that back into Mm. um a place where it's regulated Mm. and at normal balances and normal levels that's a challenging thing to do so Mm. how have you approached this um it it's kind of like i was saying circle of life it's almost your body is so smart and if you give it the right amount of fuel and the right kind of conditions in life as well it will fluctuate and it will sort out whatever imbalances there are Mm. so mainly if you do have hormonal imbalances is to do with a lot of external factors as well like we're saying stress in your life plays a big role in hormonal imbalances Mm. but also your fitness and your overall age as well we go through so it's a lot of external factors that's not always controllable but like we said when we do control the things we can like your diet your good habits and sleeping managing stress exercising regularly it actually will help contribute to uh, your hormonal balances as well. Sure. Because I also didn't have um, my period for such a long time because of my immune um, disease. I had autoimmune disease or still have um, Hashimoto. It actually changed everything when I contributed proper nutrients in my diet and excluded a lot of things that were causing the flare-ups in my life as well. Yeah. And just having better restful sleep better nutrients 
then my hormonal my hormones just balanced out by its own. Really? I didn't take any medication because I've seen a lot of gynecologists and they wanted to put me on a lot of birth control just to get me into that cycle. Mm. But it's kind of treating the symptom and not the cause. Sure. Like yeah. you were saying, even with your sleeping. Yeah. When you're actually just taking medication to put you to sleep, it's not really getting to the core. Why are you not falling asleep? That's true. It's not because of the medication. And that's probably the best question to ask is why am I not falling asleep? Mm -hmm. Because when you can ask that question, the answers are what you really need to explore Mm -hmm. individually. Mm -hmm. I think one of the challenges um, when it comes to sleep is that you feel like, ah, I've tried everything. And the reality is it's probably a lot more simpler than what you think it is, Mm -hmm. but it's about discipline, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I think with sleep, it's actually something that contributes, like your lifestyle actually contributes so much to the way you sleep. Mm. And um, there is a lot of other factors, like we're saying, your gut and your diet and then also hormones that do play a big role in your restful sleep. But by just applying good habits before you go to bed and being kind of disciplined in that way, getting into a better routine, even when you get back to, you know, the gym after not exercising for a long time or going mm. for a run, it's quite challenging, you know. Yeah, the it first is. few weeks you feel like, I just want to stop. This is terrible. Yeah. And hating every life second of it. But after getting into that proper routine, it's almost like addictive. You want to exercise, you feel better. It's just so rewarding. Yeah. And it's the same with sleep. It's just getting into that disciplined routine where you find like, okay, this time of the day, I need to do this. I need to be disciplined. Um, we, Me and my husband, we have a no phone zone in our room, which is amazing because not just for our marriage, but yeah. also for out of perspective for better sleep. Because the, what is kind of the last thing you do before you go to sleep, Jeremiah, and put off the light? Um, <laughs> I mean, I just... Tend to pro- I've probably just watched the TV show <laughs> or I've watched some sports or some sort. Yeah. But regardless, it's going to be a screen. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Electronic, that, like I was saying, yeah. that emits blue light that actually, if you think about it, your whole day mainly, you always have your phone on you. Yeah. So almost most of your day you're looking at a screen and your brain is active. It's always like stimulating things and keeping it awake. So if you do that before you go to bed or in your bed for mm. that matter, like I was saying, it's it's fine outside of your bedroom yeah. because it's almost like I was saying, putting a newborn baby to sleep. It kind of knows even the smell wow. and the music. Yeah, so and what you're saying. the atmosphere of yeah. the room. It's like, oh, I just want to sleep. Yeah. And it's the same. It should be the same in your bedroom. Your yeah. bedroom should be where your brain can associate it with sleep yeah. and nothing else. So that's why I kind of do everything outside of the bedroom besides like, oh, in the bedroom, I really just want to have either intimacy with someone in your marriage yeah. or, you know, you just want to have good sleep. It's yeah. not for something else. And a lot of people kind of eat in their bed, which is terrible habit to have is sitting in bed. You know, we all have those <laughs> like little cupboards at the side. You yeah. like take out a block of chocolate or something you're snacking on. Sure. And it's kind of, you know, you always, your body awaken all the, like we're saying, your cat has a second brain. So you're awakening both brains. Wow. And then you actually want to go to bed and sleep. It's like almost asking the impossible, like doing two things at the same time. I'm just thinking back to all the times that I've (laughs) watched a movie in bed and had like a giant bowl of ice cream, which is packed full of fat and sugar, which is probably the worst mixture possible. Um, And then I'm trying to fall asleep after that. That's a really 
tough ask. Mm, no, exactly. Like I was saying, it's just being disciplined. You know, it's not that actually not that bad. If you're not tired, rather, like you're saying, enjoy some sports on the television or do some reading. Even better, like yeah. move away from the electronic devices. Rather, take a good book or you know yeah. just. Reads go through some something that actually you find interesting yeah. and relaxing as well. Sure. Um, something else I also do is uh, nighttime stretches, which okay. has been amazing because, like I've said, you kind of want the mind to switch off, but also the body. So th- during the day, with all the stress and tension on the mind and the body as well, mm. you do store like stress between joints and muscles as well that causes tension. So by stretching and deeply breathing at the same time, almost like yoga as well, practices of yoga, but you actually release stress, but also tension from the muscles. And it also shuts down the brain when you do the forward bends, like almost when you lie flat on your face, you know, when you're forward and stretch, that actually calms the mind and it puts it in a state of restfulness. Yeah, you've mentioned this to me before. Mm. So you're talking about that forward movement, that forward stretches. Like almost when you sit... Like you would sit on a chair and you would just bend forward and like try to touch your toes or just even, you know, you're just on your tummy like that, sleeping like that on your hands. And yeah. It just shuts down the brain and just try to like breathe and not think about anything, you know, try to shut down your brain. Like like you were saying, mainly you can feel tired when you're in bed, but then still your mind is going on and on like a roller coaster. It's never stopping. Mm. And it's because you're in that state or associate your bedroom as well, or the habits you have, the same in your, um, what you're going through, your day-to-day job, or, you know, when you have your electronic device on you, it's always active, and when you have those little, and it's a message coming up, it's like your brain just, you know. Sure. And it's the same when you go to bed as well, so. Um, I'm going to ask you this in the context of nutrition, Mm. but there would be an experience that I'm sure a lot of people relate to, which is you've slept, but you wake up tired. Yeah. You wake up, you feel cloudy or foggy, and mm-hmm. you still feel tired. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to nutrition mm-hmm. specifically, um, how can we take a look at what we're doing and perhaps alter it? Um, what is probably happening at that in this scenario? Um, it can be a lot of things. I know personal experience, I had a lot of adrenal fatigue as well. Sure. And that was mainly because I wasn't, I was very busy and I wasn't sleeping a lot and I had a lot of nutrient deficiencies as well. So kind of your kidneys get to that point of adrenal fatigue. Mm. And um, it's a lot of the cortisol, the bad stress hormone um, that actually increases in your body as well that prevents you from, like you were t- telling, almost like saying about waking up and feeling so tired. Yes. And um, that with the thyroid as well and then contributing to iron deficiency was like three things. That first symptom is really tiredness. Mm. So I really struggled with that a lot. And um, it's a lot to do with, like we were saying, the whole balance of everything, getting it back to into perspective to see what is the main source of that tiredness waking up. Sure. But in a perspective of nutrition and diet, like I was saying, it can be a lot of acid buildup in your stomach. So you ha- if you have a diet high in red meat or consuming a lot of red meat, saturated fats, um, processed food, things like sweeteners um, mm. that, that do disturb the microbiome, it actually contributes in the long run as well to having acid buildup 
that imbalance between the good and the bad bacteria. Yeah. And that also prevents you from having good sleep patterns. Yeah, sure. So from a nutrition perspective, like we were saying, introducing more fiber, plant-based meals, having a balance in the amount of meat you're eating, mm. like a flexitarian diet, yeah. consuming two to three times meat per week. Yeah. Which is not a lot for a lot of people that actually consume meat every day, maybe even twice a day. Yeah, that, that is very true. So ideally, when should be the last time that we eat something before we sleep? Recommended three hours to give it that okay. proper time to digest and to actually, like we were saying, the brain and your gut as well to shut down. Yeah. Because a lot of people do eat just before they go to bed. And yeah. It's kind of like you were saying, asking the impossible, you know, doing one thing, quickly digest the food and then quickly go to sleep. Yeah. Um, it's just not going to happen, is it? Gonna ha- yeah. Yeah. And um, so you're saying, let's say I want to go to sleep at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I should be eating at 7. Yeah. And then after that, that's it. What do you help is if you have something like a herbal tea. I okay. don't know how caffeine affects you. Yeah. But a lot of people react differently to caffeine. Well, like, I mean, I to me, I'm, I'm super sensitive. Same. Uh, yeah. yeah. I can't drink caffeine. So I do like, I grew up with rooibos tea and sure. a typical kind of South African thing um, is to have a lot of rooibos with honey, which is also contributes to sleeping better. It's high in antioxidants, no caffeine. Okay. So, um, a herbal tea like chamomile actually also helps to get you into that state of restfulness. Yeah. So even having that, and my sweet treat is having dark chocolate. I know a lot of people say it does contain the caffeine as well, but the feel-good hormones, um, for me, having two blocks of like dark chocolate is something that actually does calm me down and I can enjoy bef- even an hour before I go to bed. Yeah, sure. So personal preference, that's something which is high in antioxidants. It's nutritious it has the least amount of sugar compared to any sugary treats you'll find wow because chocolate a lot of dietitians actually recommends giving chocolate to your children rather giving them those little jelly sweets because they're very high in sugar sure which chocolate actually does not contain a lot of sugar compared to the other treats out there yeah yeah wow okay yeah it kind of making it your own like i was saying jeremiah finding that space where this is what works for me yeah but the main foundation of it is having that three hours period before having a main meal, you know, something for dinner. If it's a vegetarian stir fry or whatever you like to have in dinner, Thai. Yeah. Thai is always good if you have it with all your veggies. You can introduce some tofu, some rice, which is high in fiber. Yeah. Um, but still, it's easy to digest. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I know it's another thing that we all know, mm-hmm. but we don't do, and that is drinking enough water. Yeah. So how is that important and tied into sleeping and also feeling good? Yeah, it's just allowing your body, like we're saying, it's so smart it can regulate your pH, your acid balance, and also just get rid of toxins. Mm. So by just properly hydrating this amazing body you have, you give it the capacity of eliminating stress, toxins in your body, um, cleaning your bladder and also just regulating pH, like we were saying, the acid buildup in your stomach. So sometimes when you go for a long period in the day, not consuming any food or yeah. even just coffee, which also dehydrates your body. So it actually increases acid mm. and that acid buildup can lead to having feelings of nausea. Sure. That you can relate with and then that can actually also prevent, like we were saying, the acid buildup can lead to in the long run, even um, arthritis, chronic diseases like that, that are caused by your diet as well. 
Yeah, sure. Um, so that all contributes to your sleep at the end of the comfort you have when you sleep. You don't have heartburn or any acid reflux because of what you're consuming throughout the day. Yeah. I mean, it, I love that an analogy that you've provided of just putting a baby to sleep. Yeah. And we understand that in the context mm. of infants mm. and that there needs to be some sort of routine, but yeah. we let go of that own routine for ourselves. Yeah. Whereas that routine is critical because we mm. need to teach our brain when mm. to sleep and uh, what is leading up to the fact that we're mm. about to shut down and have rest. When you wake up in the morning, um, is there any sort of routines or things that you should do just before um having breakfast do you eat straight away or a lot of people for me mm. i think probably for about 10 years i'd wake up and it was all about coffee just had to have coffee and don't worry about <laughs> breakfast but you had to have coffee oh, that's like putting <laughs> oil on fire <laughs> is it yeah. wow because explain what does that if, mean if you think about it you're sleeping for okay if you have the recommended sleep let's say eight hours of sleep um, then you, you're not drinking any fluids during that eight hours. So mm. it's kind of the first thing your body wants is to be hydrated. So when you have coffee, which the caffeine actually dehydrates, it is actually doing wow. the opposite that your body needs. And that also contributes to acid buildup. So just by waking up, having it switched around, rather have, even if you have a bit of struggling with acid balance in your stomach, taking um, a bit of lemon juice with lukewarm water in the morning, like mm. a small glass of that, because it's um it's not acidic, it's um alkaline. It actually neutralizes the acid in your stomach. So taking that before you have even your breakfast, maybe half an hour before you have breakfast, mm. is kind of the ideal thing to create the right environment for your gut as well to thrive in. Wow. So yeah, it's just small changes like that. That and then you can have your coffee. You know, if yeah. you still want the coffee, it's fine. It's just kind of applying the good habits. What time are you having it? Even people that are struggling to sleep rather either eliminate caffeine or have it very early in the morning and then be disciplined and not having it after a certain time in the day as well. Yeah, sure. So um, how about that sleepy feeling we get in the afternoon where, you know, kind of want to nap, <laughs> but we're at work, we're supposed that to be, low. yeah, that low. After having a lunch and everyone's just like, oh, no, I have to sleep now. Yeah. So how can we practically avoid having that, that slump in the middle of the day? That is kind of like we were saying that blood sugar spike you have in your glucose as well. It depends on the type of sugar and the type of carbohydrates you eat. They will either give you that high and that low and the same with caffeine. Yeah. So if you're eating more um, foods that are actually regulates the GI tract, so it's actually low GI. I probably you have heard of this yes. term as well. Yeah. Low glycemic index. index. So yeah. it actually keeps the blood sugar at a you know equilibrium. Where if you go into high sugary foods, like you're saying, very sugary treats, mm. high carbohydrates, um, fast food, things like that will give you that high and then that low, especially during the middle of the day. And that usually starts with what you have for breakfast. Because like you're saying, you can associate that with kind of around your lunchtime, after lunch, between 2 and 3 or 2 and 4 o'clock in the, e in the afternoon. Sure. Um, it depends on what you are giving your body to um, consume and to feed on in the morning because that will play a big role in your how stable your blood sugar will be during the day. So. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. Um, just to shift gears quickly for a moment, um, mm -hmm. you run long distances. So 
how many times a week do you do what 20 kilometers or thereabouts <laughs> yeah no um we've been um me and a friend of mine darcy we've been training for um kind of a marathon trying to challenge our mental capacity of well of what we think we can achieve yeah so um we've been trying to run it's mainly we'll have at least one run which will be 12 kilometers and then we'll do the longer one which will be 22 so we'll sure. run between you know 27 or 37 and 40 kilometers a week so yeah. it's it's, wow. it's quite a lot but we'll also switch it up by doing a bit of interval training and yeah, things sure. like that and stretching as well so for people who are doing uh, mm. different forms of exercise yeah. um what time of the day are you doing those runs and what do you eat before and what do you eat after? Um, usually we train in the morning okay. because of just routine and um, kind of work and life balance as well. Yep. So before a run we'll have, I usually have, like I mentioned, the teff, which is quite a light Ethiopian grain, high in nutrients and iron, but also plant-based protein. So it's easy to digest. You can even have half a portion, kind of the, the um, trick is to do rather half a serving than a full serving, especially okay. if you're running a, a distance of 20 kilometers plus. Yeah. And then a, a banana as well. I think it's such an Australian thing that people here yeah. do like. <laughs> I've just noticed do like snacking on bananas. Yeah. Um, it just gives you that bit of, you know, that sugar um, you need. And it's also easy to consume and to use energy as well. What's the gap between this meal and starting the run? Um, probably... 35 to 45 minutes so you can even do an hour before you run if you feel like maybe it will influence your um, exercise as well okay but it depends on your digestive system you know if you have a faster metabolism or your food is easier easier to digest it depends on your gut health like we also mentioned yeah. it will either digest faster or slower so i recommend it at least an hour but even if you're a bit more sensitive, I would recommend even having a banana with a glass of um, almond milk, something with protein to kickstart the metabolism. That will still be fine for, for running. Yeah. It won't allow acid buildup because if you contain citrus fruit or just have some orange juice and go for a run, you might just have a bit of nausea while running. Really? Okay. And after the run, what do you do? Usually after the run... I'll have a big proper protein breakfast, something like buckwheat bread or something nutritious whole grain bread mm -hmm. with avocado, pepitas, which is also such a good seed to use, and some poached eggs. You know, I like my eggs yeah, as well. So, sure. yeah, then you can have a proper meal, kind of your brunch as well, just to put back what you've taken out of your body as well. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Nadia, thank you so much for this conversation. Yes, it's been you. really interesting and uh, I love what you're, uh, you're conveying and sharing and it's been incredible. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jeremiah. I really enjoyed it and I think the topics are just something I really can relate with. So. Oh, that's so brilliant. Much. Thank you.